0: Hello friends, it's me, the president of Chickenlandia. Did you know that I have a new book that is now available for purchase? You heard that right. It's called Let's All Keep Chickens, the down-to-earth guide to natural practices for healthier birds and a happier world. It's now available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, your local bookstore, and more. For more information on how you can grab your copy, Just click the link in the show notes. It's so exciting, I can barely handle it. Okay, on with the show. Welcome to Chickenlandia's 100% friendly podcast, Bok Talk. This show will help you learn all about how backyard chicken keeping can be fun, entertaining, and stress-free. Here's your host, the president of Chickenlandia. Hello, friends. Welcome to Chickenlandia and welcome to Bok Talk, your 100% friendly backyard chickens show. So today we are talking about something that I get a lot of questions about, especially this time of year people are getting baby chicks and they have this question and it's a very legitimate question. It is whether or not to feed your baby chicks medicated or non-medicated feed. So it's kind of a, it's a, it's an interesting topic. I like to talk about it. Um, I used to be really simple about it. And I had like one answer to this question, but I realized that there's, you know, there's lots of variation. And Mm -hmm. what I want to do is just give you guys information and let you make an informed decision. So I have a question here from somebody that submitted it to through my website. And if you want to submit a question to Boktalk, you can go to my website, welcome to chickenlandia.com. Go to the contact section, and then there's a little drop down menu. And I want you to pick, ask a chicken question. And I <laughs> I get a lot of questions, guys. Like, I mean, a lot of questions. Um, and every week it just seems like there's more and more coming in. <laughs> so I really try to get back to everybody. I I sometimes can't. Um, But I do read all the questions. Sometimes you might hear from our Chickenlandia presidential advisor, Kelsey. She also helps me with that. But I just love to hear from you. So definitely send your questions. I love to see that. And while you're at it, while you are on my website, you will definitely want to join the mailing list. Um, And usually there's like a pop up that comes up or if you have pop up pop-ups blocked on the main page. If you scroll down, it'll say like join for all the latest news and stuff. So you should definitely do that because something super exciting is happening very soon. And I know I've, I've been talking about this for like months and, and some of you are probably like, can we just like do this already? <laughs> and, and believe me, I'm right there with you. But, um, I have a course coming out, a backyard chickens one hundred and one chicken course for everyone, and that is going to launch. And you guys are the first person to hear this. I I I have not said this anywhere else, but I'm saying it now. It is launching on March second, twenty twenty one, and I'm calling it the the chicken event of the century. No, no of the millennia (laughs) chicken event of the millennia it's gonna all take place on instagram that's where i will be having some giveaways i'm going to be gifting the course out to some people so there'll be contests that you can take that you can participate in so i really encourage everybody if you're not following me on instagram do that and join my mailing list because the mailing list really gets all the news first before everybody else. Um, And then, you know, we'll, we'll have the event on Instagram and you'll be able to go to my website and find the course there and, or through my website. And anyway, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm super excited about it. If you guys are interested in taking the confusion out of chicken keeping, because honestly, like, I remember when I when I first started with chickens, it was like there there's just so much information. And as people that are just, you know, keeping chickens in their backyard, we're not like factory farms. We're not, you know, these big corporations. It's tough because there's a lot of information out there and a lot of it is conflicting and we kind of have to take care of each other. And I, I love that about this community, but I also think it can get super confusing and it's great to have all that information in one place. And I wish that I had that back in the day and I, and I didn't, and really the only way people could get it from me aside from, you know, I have my YouTube channel, which has lots of free information on it. Anyway, you know, I, I used to be, I used to go around doing seminars and teaching classes and that was my passion. And then the pandemic happened and that just like, obviously completely stopped. So I have my YouTube channel. I love that. But I I also understand that people are like, look, I really want something interactive. I want something that is all in one place. I want something that's really comprehensive and just, you know, fun and easy to follow. And so that's why I created the course. So anyway... Keep an eye out. March 2nd, 2000 and what, 2021. It's, I, can't, I can't count anymore either. What year is it? Uh, that's when the launch week starts. And it's it's actually not a week. It's like five days. But it's from the 2nd to the 6th. There will be um, events happening. So be sure to follow me on Instagram. All right, guys. So um, let's get into the content Let's talk about medicated feed and non-medicated feed. So I'm just going to start out um, with the question. And it came from a fan. Her name is Heather. She sent it to me through the website. And she says, hello, my daughter and I love watching and learning from your videos. Thank you for all the great info and advice. You're very welcome, Heather. Which is better for a flock of 12 baby chicks, medicated or non-medicated chick starter? So let's start out by talking about what medicated feed actually is and what it is used for, because I think there's a lot of confusion around that. A lot of people think that it is to keep your chickens from getting sick at all with anything, and that's, that's not what it's for. Um, It is for specifically coccidiosis. It's to prevent coccidiosis. So let's talk about coccidiosis and what it is. It is an intestinal disease and it mostly, it most commonly infects young chickens and it's caused by a protozoa that is found in the soil called coccidia. Now, Uh, Some of the signs they have it is that there might be blood in their stool. They might, they might be like hunched over and they just appear ill. They're lethargic. A lot of times people will post a photo on a, uh, on, you know, Facebook or in a forum somewhere and people will see a picture of a chicken looking sick and they'll immediately, immediately say that's coccidiosis and i really i really would advise people not to do that because even though there is a kind of a look to coccidiosis it's not guaranteed that that's what it is because a lot of chicken illnesses present that way so that that's just something i want to tell you it's important for you to know that it's also important to know that coccidia is everywhere you it would be hard for you to find a, an environment where there are chickens, where there is not a a, a presence of coccidia in the soil, it, it it's everywhere. There's more than one strain of it. Sometimes chickens can have it, and you don't you won't even know it's completely asymptomatic. And in other cases, it could be a you know a more virulent strain, and that could be devastating to your flock. But usually, what will happen is chickens will develop gradual Im- immunity to it, to the coccidia in their environment. So um, that's why it's everywhere. But you'd not, you don't see chickens sick all over the place with coccidiosis. So coccidiosis needs certain kinds, a, a certain conditions to develop, and that's why you really don't want to have a a very dirty environment where your chickens are, you don't want it to be like wet. You don't want it to be like super poopy. You really want to keep their environment dry. I don't suggest keeping it sterile. Please don't do that because that's not good for them either, but you want to keep it relatively clean and make sure that it's just not um, this kind of wet environment, like damp environment that. Uh, coccidia likes to likes to hang out in and develop into things that we don't want it to develop into, and if you live in a muddy environment which i I live in the Pacific Northwest and it is a constant battle, the mud here it's important for you to stay on top of the mud because that that's not that's not a great environment at all, and it's definitely an environment where uh, coccidiosis can take hold, so we don't want that. So let's talk about medicated feed now. It is to help prevent a coccidiosis infection. And it does that by having a preventative dose of a medication called amprolium. And it's a low dose of this medication. And what it does is it, it's called a coccidiostat at this at this low dose. And what it does is it it really it doesn't kill all the coccidia, but it makes it to where chickens can get uh, just a mild exposure to that, to it without developing and without it developing into coccidiosis and having them get sick. So, amprolium is the same medication that you will find in Corid, which at its higher dose will actually deal with an active case of coccidiosis. Okay, so Corid at that dosage is called a coccidio- coccidioside. side. Um, and there's another medication that you can use, but it's not as popular as Corid, which is Amprolium. That is really the, the main one that people use, and um, it's relatively safe. But I will tell you how it works. Coccidia needs. Thiamine or vitamin B1 in order to uh, multiply. So, what amprolium does is it mimics thiamine. And so the coxidia will absorb that, but it can't, like, it's not thiamine, it's a thiamine mimicker. So, they will die off because they can't, they can't multiply, they can't survive on that. But um, this means that it's not a risk-free medication because what can also happen and what also does happen is that it blocks the absorption, the absorption of thiamine for your chickens. And actually, uh, thiamine, thiamine deficiency is one of the reasons why chickens can get a condition called rye neck Okay, now, if you've ever seen a chicken, a baby chick that is like or a chicken, that's like it's called like stargazing or their their necks are kind of like all the way back and they're looking up into the sky and they can't seem to like straighten it out or they're like all the way forward and they're kind of, you know, walking around in circles. They just can't like hold their their neck right. And obviously, that's not good. Like they can't you know, it's hard for them to eat And if it's not taken care of, then they could die from it. So um, this is not something that we want. And that is why I always tell people, okay, you know, when you're thinking about giving your chickens medicated feed, you need to also have this information so that you can decide what level of risk you're willing to take. Now, for me, I am a very natural leaning person. And I don't want to medicate my chickens if they're not sick. I just, I just don't, to me, that is not, not what I like to do. So I I will, you know, of course I will use medication if I have to, I'm not like against medication, but uh, generally I'm very holistic in my thinking and very natural leaning. So I do not do medicated feed in my flock instead I focus on keeping a clean environment for my chickens, giving my baby chicks gradual exposure to the environment outside. So if I have chicks in a brooder, I will get it gra- go outside and grab like a clump of dirt and grass. Of course, it doesn't have pesticides or fertilizers in it and it doesn't have anything in it that would hurt the, the baby chicks but I'll bring that inside and I'll give it to the baby chick so that they can play with it. And when they do that, they get that gradual exposure to all the yummy things in the microbiome of the soil. And that's important. And I realize that this is not everyone else's philosophy. There's a lot of people that would be like, you know, don't do that. But for me, when I see a mother hen with baby chicks, what she will immediately do is take those baby chicks out into her environment and generally those chickens are way less stressed out which you could you could say that it's very likely that they have less illnesses you know less health problems um i don't have i did look for a study because i really wanted to find one <laughs> i looked for a study that would tell me that baby chicks raised by a mother hen have less health problems, but basically what I found was that they just experience less stress and that they are more able to kind of know that, you know, they just have better instincts in general. So, but to me, that it 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 makes sense to surmise from that that they are healthier. And so th- that's really what what I go by. And you have to decide what you feel comfortable with. But for me, I'd rather Try to get the chickens to get gradual exposure to what is in their environment. Make sure they're supported with good nutrition from day one. Make sure that they are not stressed out, that they have everything that they need, that they have enough space. And this is really for all their lives. This is, this is what I, I teach, that you really want to give chickens what they need and, uh, to be happy for their whole life. And that is the number one way, in my opinion, to avoid illness in your flock. And it's not foolproof. I've had illness in my flock. Um, there's no there's no guarantee. But to me, this is like the best insurance, rather than just like preemptively giving your chickens medications. Okay, so coming from where I am, my recommendation to to you is. To, for your small flock that you're taking really good care of, that you're giving gradual exposure to the outside, to, I, I wouldn't use medicated feed. I would use non medicated feed for them. Now, if I was talking to somebody who was raising baby chicks in you know a mass production area or in a factory farm, you know, I would say you probably need medicated feed because though that environment is not conducive. To avoiding these types of things, okay. So Heather, I hope I, I just went totally off script. <laughs> I hope I, <laughs> I hope I answered everything. Um, oh, I do want to say, you know, if you if you have a confirmed diagnosis of of coccidiosis in your flock, and this is like, you know, after you've done a ton of research and you've decided, or you've gotten, you know, the best thing for you to do would be. To consult with a veterinarian to really make sure that that's what you're dealing with. Um, if you want to use Corid, it really is, you know, it's it's relatively safe. Um, it's an old medication; it's been around for a while, and there's no egg withdrawal for it. So go ahead and use it. And but then after they're done with it, you need to do a course of vitamins for you know chicken vitamins for your flock. To make sure that you replenish the you know the things that have been depleted, okay. But don't just give Corrid for anything, please. I, mean, <laughs> I, th- I see it all the time on the Facebook groups and in the forums. Like my chicken is sick. Oh, give them Corrid, You know, just anything, anything. Corrid is not an antibiotic. It only treats coccidiosis. Okay. So remember that. All right, um, Heather. Thank you so much for your question. I hope. That everything got answered for you. I hope that now you feel confident in your uh, decision and whatever decision that you decide to make. And I appreciate you sending in your question. And remember, guys, if you have a question that you would like to submit to Bok Talk, you can go to my website, welcome to chickenlandia.com, and submit it through the contact section. I love to hear from you guys. Let's see who's here. Uh, oh, Chicken Chickenlandia Presidential Advisor is here. So if you guys don't know, and I'll probably be sending out an email at some point introducing her, but this is uh, Kelsey. Her name is Kelsey. She was formerly Lavender Lane Farms, and I have known Kelsey for, for a long time. She used to work for me. Uh, ages ago, I had a farm store, believe it or not. I had a farm store, and um, Kelsey worked there. And, and helped us a lot there. And she also worked for, I don't know, Kelsey, was it like 10 years? At a, another local farm store in Bellingham. It was in downtown Bellingham. Tragically, the, it burned down. Um, but thank goodness everybody that worked there was okay. And Kelsey worked there for a long time. So she has got so much knowledge. And really, I learned a lot from her. Um, because she carries a lifetime of chicken keeping <laughs> under her belt <laughs> and her dad, you know, big time chicken keeper too. So she has really like come onto the Chickenlandia team and now she's the Chickenlandia presidential advisor. And so you may hear from her if you submit questions um, to, through the website, you may hear from her and she's also going to be helping me in the course because the course has an interactive section like you can comment and you can ask questions and stuff. And so she's going to be helping me answer questions there. So and maybe someday she'll be on the podcast. <laughs> that's my that's my dream. I'm trying to I'm trying to get her to, you know, get her to get used to that idea. We'll see. <laughs> so guys, right now I want to open the chat for questions. So if you have a question that you want to ans- ask me, if you can please type it in capital letters so that I can see them with these progressive lenses. (laughs) And I got to tell you, like, I have like, I don't know, I think I have like six pairs of glasses and I feel like, I feel like the glasses, you know, I need to get a new pair, but I've got to get my eyes checked first. I can only find these, like I can't find all my other glasses. (laughs) But anyway, I like these. So Celia Perry asks, where is a good place... To find rescue chickens, what a great question, Celia. So I think um, if you have a humane society in your town, I would start there. Uh, go and ask them if they know of any. Like if they they may, they may have them. In our town, we we take the, our humane society takes chickens, um, but not every humane society does that. So, but they may know if there are some um, rescue places in town that take them, or if there's sanctuaries around that take them. And sometimes the sanctuaries or, or the humane society will know if there's a program to take in um, chickens that have been through the factory farm scenario and that, that they're, they're looking to live out the rest of their life in a better situation. So I would start there and, um, and then sometimes, you know, you can go, even if you go to like Craigslist and stuff, people are, are in situations where they're like, they really love their chickens, but they, they have to give them up. And, um, so that's another avenue for you. So Lara Tickle asks, is there any way to prevent rye Well, you know, good nutrition for the, it, it's, it's tough because it can be genetic, It can also be a problem during incubation and it can be a, a vitamin deficiency. So that, that is very multi-level. There's a lot of reasons why it could happen. And, and then it could also happen from amprolium, Um, (laughs) you know, like not, not being able to absorb, absorb the right, the right vitamins. So, I think the steps that I would take is just to make sure, like if you're if you're getting hatching eggs or whatever you want the 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 chickens that laid the eggs to be healthy and to have gotten the right nutrients. If you are using an incubator to hatch out eggs, make sure you do a lot of research before you do that so that you can um, avoid, problems, um, you know, in during incubation. And then I, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, Kelsey, the Chickenlandia presidential advisor, there are certain breeds that are more prone to it. And it seems to be the ones that have the crests, like um, silkies I know are more prone to it. And I don't know if that also would mean that polish chickens are or not but i know silkies are so there's that um so it really has to do with like where you're getting your chickens from um the health of the parents of the eggs <laughs> or the <laughs> the eggs of the of the chicks and um the breeds that you get so um you you just want good genetics, you want good nutrition, you wanna make sure that you're getting from rich re- reputable, reputable places, and you want to make sure that they're getting really good nutrition from the beginning. And I would say you should you should think about possibly not using medicated feed. Okay. You see, I can't say it like completely because you know I'm not a veterinarian, so I've got to be careful. But I would say if it were me. <laughs> I, I would not use medicated feed. Debbie Moss asks, "What do you think about feeding GMO versus non-GMO feed?" Well, Debbie, I think in a perfect world, I I would say under no circumstances feed your chickens anything with GMOs because that that's that's what I do. I mean, I don't I don't give them feed with with GMOs. But I am in a fortunate situation where I can afford not to do that because the, the sad truth is that non-GMO feed is more expensive. Now, one thing that you can do is you can ferment that feed, and that will make the feed last longer. You can also supplement with some healthy scraps, which I definitely encourage, uh, mostly leafy greens, vegetables, uh, low-sugar fruits. You can supplement with sprouts that you grow, um, and I do have a video about growing sprouts on my channel, and then you can ferment their feed. And what fermenting their feed does is it, it expands it, but it also increases the bioavailability of the feed. So what that means is, is that it, they, it's more digestible to them and they can more easily absorb the nutrients in the feed. So um, that is one way that you can lower costs with an expensive feed. So if what you can do is purchase cheaper feed, then that's okay. You do that and you can also ferment that feed. Usually you can ferment that feed. And I also have another video about making cheap feed better by fermenting it. But what I would just say to everybody is do the best you can. If you can afford to not... Buy feed with GM with um, that is non GMO. Then that I believe that's what you should do because when whenever you do that, you place a vote for where you want chicken feed to go. So the people that are able to do that should do that in my opinion. And if you can't do that, I don't want you to feel bad about it. I don't want you to feel guilty about it. Um, I just want you to do the best you can. And you know, and you know, you you you've got chickens. You're eating fresh eggs, and that's that's a big deal. That's a good thing. Okay. So that's what I think about that. Uh, Charlotte Anderson asks, is straw good to put in a chicken run? It's really wet now because of the snow. So a lot of people like straw in the run. I'm not a huge fan of it in areas where it's really wet because straw tends to get slippery. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe other people are more, you know, are less clumsy than me or something, but... I have fallen on my butt more than once slipping on straw. So it's it's not great. (laughs) It's not a great scenario. And if it's really wet in your run, then I would say do this. Get a bag of pine horse pellets. And you can get that at your local farm store. And it needs to be 100% pine. You want it to be 100% pine horse pellets, and it'll have like pictures of farm animals on it. And um, take that and do do a, a, a thin layer of that in your run. And that is going to absorb so much moisture and help so much with the mud. And you can even, on top of that, put down some some playground chips or some, you know, if, if your uh, town has a program where they give free chips, you can get those. I don't do that because I... I have ducks and I just worry about, they get bumblefoot easier. So I just worry about that. So I use playground chips because they're smoother. But a lot of people, you know, I have a video called mud hack, I think, or something like that. And I just, I always forget the names of my videos. Um, and it's all about dealing with mud in the chicken yard. And I will I will definitely link that in the description and in, and in the show notes. And I'll link those fermenting videos in the description and in the show notes too. Um, and the sprouting one. So yeah, where was my train of thought going? I have no idea. <laughs> anyway, it really helps to deal with the mud. It really, really helps to deal with the mud. So, oh yeah, I was just saying, I think what I was saying is that a lot of, I got a lot of, of feedback from people that were like, well, you should just use free chips. The free, you know, chips that you can get from the county or from the city. And I think that's a great resource. Um, uh, but I just don't do it because because of the ducks. Lucas, Colorado boy says, "How can we get rid of a huge mite infestation?" So I am sorry that you are dealing with that. That is tough. There are three products that I like using for mites, but number one thing I want you to do is just kind of reevaluate your, um, you know, how how your coop is. Are you able to keep up with? just the, you know, the husbandry of it. And I know this is no judgment. Okay. Because I've totally had situations in my life where, you know, I just could not keep up with my coop as well as I wanted to. And, and mainly after my second child was born, I was just like, Oh my gosh, like I'm not keeping up with my coop. So make sure that all of that is in good order. And if you need to make any changes, make the, make those changes um, make sure that their no nutrition is where it needs to be, that they're getting good food, that they're in a low stress situation, all these things. Um, you know, it doesn't seem like it would lead to a mite infestation, but it really has a lot to do with it because usually if there is balance in their environment and I mean like nutritional balance, you know, th- their, their ecosystem is balanced and even their emotions are balanced, um, like they're not stressed out, then you're less likely to get an infestation, okay? But now, now you have an infestation, so let's just deal with that. But first, I, I just want you to, to reevaluate and make sure everything is where it needs to be. For something like this, I would probably use pyrethrum or some type of pyrethroid product for specifically for... Mites on chickens. So I would get that. There's sprays and there's powders. The spray is great to use. You know, you can clean out your whole coop and then use the spray and let it dry and then put new bedding in there. And during that time, I want you to treat every single chicken. And in my opinion, it's easier to treat them with a powder and you could just get some gloves and treat each chicken. Make sure you put it like behind their neck, around their vent, under their wings. And I do have a video where I show exactly how I how I treat them. Just remember that pyrethroids are toxic to aquatic life. So if you live in an area where it's like you've got a lake right there, you might not want to use it. And they're also t- toxic. To, it's also toxic to bees and to cats. So that, that's a really important one. Um, there's another product called Electro PSP. It's a great product. It's made from a bacterium in the soil. And um, it's very benign and it works very well. But it's also very expensive. And the other product I like to use is diatomaceous earth. <laughs> <And> <laughs> I always laugh when I say that because I can hear like the gasps. <laughs> diatomaceous earth. It's the devil. <laughs> um, a lot of people don't like to use it. They don't feel comfortable using it. Um, I understand that. Um, but there are two kinds of diatomaceous earth and there's a lot of confusion around these two types. And there's a lot of misinformation about it. Um, but if you get food grade diatomaceous earth, then you it, it's it is you know, it's relatively safe. And it's in air. It's in a lot of things. It's in like makeup. It's in toothpaste. It's in our food. Um, it's used, used a lot. So I feel comfortable using it and I will make little dust baths for my chickens. So you want to make sure that they have an area where they can dust bathe. Otherwise you'll keep having to deal with this. And I do have a video about making a dust bath for your chickens and you can also use it to treat an infestation but i would do the process usually i say do this process of cleaning out your coop treating the coop treating the chickens wait 10 days and then do the process again but if you're using diatomaceous earth i would do it 3 times because it does take a little bit longer to use but i have i have used it on an active mite infestation And it has worked. Many people say it doesn't work. That is not my observation about it. Um, When used correctly, it works. And when you get the right product, it works. If you get diatomaceous earth that is not food grade and you get the kind that is supposed to be used like in in pool filtration, that is not an insecticide. It's dangerous and it won't work. <laughs> so, so don't do that. Get the food grade kind. That's the kind that is used as an insecticide. But if it's a really bad infestation and you just want it gone, I would go for a py- pyrethroid or the electro PSP if you can if you can swing that price. So um, I am going to ask answer one more question, guys, and then you know I like to keep it short and sweet in Chickenlandia. Celia Perry asks, why do roosters, (laughs) this is the eternal question, Uh, why do roosters breed so often with hens? I'll tell you why, Celia, because they lost their dang mind. (laughs) The hormones are going, and that's what roosters do. (laughs) Guys, I thank you so much for being here today. Um, I really I really just appreciate you guys so much. I've got you know some of my most loyal fans here in the chat today and that that just feels good. Um, I hope you've all joined my mailing list for all the exciting things that are going to be happening in the next two weeks. Definitely follow me on Instagram because there's gonna be lots of fun going on there. And it's no no purchase necessary. You can still win prizes. (laughs) And um, I want to thank the moderators. We have Thirteen Moons Homestead here today, and of course the president, the Chickenlandia Presidential Advisor Kelsey. Thank you so much for being here. If there were other moderators here, I'm sorry I didn't see you. The chat was going pretty fast, (laughs) but definitely go. uh, You know, Thirteen Moons Homestead has a great channel and uh, you should go check her out. Thank you to Talking to Crows for editing this episode and if you enjoyed this podcast you can rate and review it and that is really good for this podcast so I would really appreciate that. But the most thing the, the main thing that I want you to remember no matter what is that you're always welcome in Chickenlandia. Thanks guys. Bye. Dahlia Monterosso, also known as the president of Chickenlandia, is a backyard chicken educator in Northwest Washington. To submit your question to Bok Talk, visit welcometochickenlandia.com. We'll see you next time. Boko!